Welcome to The Link. We'll go behind the scenes with local businesses and community leaders learning their mindset and motivations that make them successful. We'll link you with those making an impact in Central Minnesota. Welcome to The Link. I'm Brandon Johnson with Boyd Johnson Real Estate. And today we're back and I have the pleasure to be joined by Josh Moon with The Real Virtual Vintage. Welcome. Thanks for coming. Thanks for having me. Happy to be here. Um, today, I, I'm excited because it's going to be what I'd refer to as, I don't want to put it in the wrong context, but kind of a little bit of a success story on how your business has evolved post-COVID, or I shouldn't say while we're evolving through COVID, right? Um, so that's exciting to me to hear your story on how you've transitioned into starting your own business. But uh, maybe just tell us, introduce yourself. Where are you from originally? Um, what are your interests, hobbies, that sort of thing? Okay. Well, originally I'm, I'm from uh, the Brandon area. I moved down here to go to school. Met my wife. She's from Sartell. So uh, her name's Mandy. So yep. we, we settled in here, moved here, have a couple kids. Um, Xander and Lanny. Xander's seven, uh, Lanny's four. So been in the area a long time. You know, both kids are a lot of fun. We've had, had a good time raising them here in Sartell and where Mandy's yep. from. And, uh, but the reason this kind of started, we, you know, COVID hit in you know, middle of March. I kind of knew there was going to be some changes going on. And I, I've been kind of wanting to find something else and leave my position anyway. So I wasn't laid off. So you were at Hyundai yep, in St. Cloud. Yep, in the sales department. I did did a bunch of different stuff there. I was in finance. I was ended up on the management team in sales when I yep. left. But I've been there for about 10 years. But it was just time to, to step away and do something else. So I've already been kind of looking for a different avenue, a different way yeah. to do things. And then when the schools closed, you know, a lot of people got laid off. A lot of people had to leave their job. Um, I didn't have to leave, but between my, my wife's career and my career, one of us had to make an adjustment or it just wasn't going to work. Like so many so, people are, I'm right. sure, having those discussions on how do we handle the family life that's changing and how do we still maintain our careers, right? Right, right, absolutely. So, you know, our also was no different. I decided it was, you know, it was my time that I was going to step away and figure something out. So we really didn't have a plan. I just, you know, quit the job, pulled the kids out of daycare and, you know, <laughs> put the kids first, the family first, yeah. and we'll, we'll figure it out. So I'm more curious than anything. You've been in the auto sales industry for 10 years. How did COVID impact? Did it, you know, excuse me for my age, but I always go back to the 9-11 when that, when everything just shut off then. But was it like the spigot just turned off for auto sales or was it just a slow deterioration or kind of walk through what was the market like going from February to March and April in the... For the car business, from what I seen, it, it, it kind of shut it off pretty hard. Yeah. On there initially, I know since after I got out of it, the manufacturers kind of changed their interest rates and their different manufacturing programs. So the car business did, did pretty well from what I've seen since yep. then. But initially, yep. it was a you know it was a pretty it was a pretty hard shut off. Was, yeah. The lights just kind of turned off right away, and everybody kind of took a took a back seat. Like every, everything, every business did at that point. Yeah. Everybody was like, "Whoa, what's going on? What's going to happen? You know, if I go outside, am I going to die?" Kind of a thing. It was, right. A lot of you know misinformation and you know people scared. Right. What was the COVID. financing world like? Because I know in our industry in the real estate, there was like a two or three day window where there was just like everything was unknown. Um, people were pre qualified and then they weren't, or the interest rate literally overnight went. People were being quoted three percent and went to four and a half for a two day. Was that same sort of influx in? Not probably not really so much in the car business, yeah. the retail side of it. So things you get more of the instant approvals or we don't have to go through as much as real estate does. So I think as far as people getting approved, that really didn't have too much of an impact on, yep. on auto sales, but um, traffic coming in the store, absolutely. But as far as your approval process, I don't think that really took much of a hit for them. Yep. But So had you always 
had this in the back of your mind that, hey, I'm looking at doing um, a secondary side hustle, a whole new business, or kind of how did that process in your head evolve yeah, from I'm going to quit my job? Yeah, I mean, I've, I've been kind of, I guess, dinking around in my garage for several yeah. years, so the, the process and doing the work wasn't anything I wasn't used to, but I'd always kind of thought that someday I could make some money on the side, and for the most part I was here and there kind of yeah. very informally, but um, and then kind of when that happened, I had to make some money, so I started kind of ramping it up a little bit, and then I got to the point where I was like, hey, well, maybe this could actually be a legitimate side thing, yep. and then all of a sudden, maybe this could be like an actual, you could turn this into a, into a full-fledged, full-time business. Yep. You know? So what did you what what did you start doing? I take it you're out here handy with just refurbishing anything, building, um, mechanically inclined. What? How did it, did it start with toys, or how did it start? And I think it started with toys for the most part, because my kids are seven and four, so sure. I mean, there's always a bunch of <laughs> putting stuff together. Around, so yeah. If something doesn't work out or doesn't sell, at least there's somebody there to ride it, I can justify it somewhat. Yep. But, um, so I, I had three pedal tractors at the time, I sold two of them, bought one that was a little bit more expensive, totally redid that one, and sold that one. So it, it, kind, of, it kind of started started from there, and then you know, I've had a few Tomcats and that kind of stuff lying around too, so I've done those. This sled a little while ago, I've done some other stuff as well. So. Everything's kind of when you get into the vintage kind of toy world, or even just vintage in general. Everything's got a screw or a nut or a hook yep. or something somewhere you can figure it out. Yep. Uh, so I just kind of went, went from there. But yeah. So did it start? And we were kind of talking about this a little earlier. Kind of started off. You're doing it on the side. What made you get to the point? Was it just an increase in business or demand where you yeah. said, "Hey, it's time to stay home with the kids and do this full time"? Or walk me through that yep. mindset or process. I think it was a little bit of both. I thought after I spent you know my third, fourth, fifth day in the garage with paint fumes everywhere. <laughs> you know, then, then you start, you start to meet people and the phone starts to ring and you get people telling you this story and that story. And they're like, you know, could you help me out with my great grandfather's tractor that I can't quite figure this one piece out. Or, That's gotta be a cool feeling. It's, it's just, it's just a fun thing. I've been I've invited out to people's farms or out to the businesses where they want to show you this one piece and what do you think of this? Where can I get this part? How can I fix this? And that's, it's, that's, that's the kind of part that keeps you, keeps you involved, keeps you going. Yep. You know, it's hearing the stories and meeting the people and being out on the road. I've been to, just this summer, I've been to Duluth. I've been down to southwestern Minnesota. I've been to cities multiple times and all over the state talking to people and meeting people. And so how are people stuff. hearing about you or how are people getting your number to call to say, hey, Josh, come take a look at my I assume a lot of it's the magic of the internet. I mean, some yeah. of it I know from this person to that person, but for the most part, there's been a lot of times where I get a phone call or an email or a message and I... I have to point out, ask the person, like, yeah. where, where did you, where did you find my information from? You know, because it's, it's that, that bizarre, but it's just people just, it's word of mouth. I think it's the story thing too. It's, it's, it resonates with so many people. It's such a, it's such a cool thing to be fixing yeah. something that's just been sitting in the garage forever that people just like, it just spreads. Well, and I think, you know, the whole phenomenon and not to make it a cliche, but the American Pickers phenomenon and, um, there's countless other shows, right? Where they're restoring yep. things. So yep. it, it's become in bold. Um, and there's probably a lot of people sitting on, a, and I don't want to use the phrase junk, but stuff that they've always had the aspiration, hey, I should get this refurbished at some point. And now they're sitting locked up in their house all spring. Like, right. Now, now, time to go dig through it. Now, it's a, now hey, yep. here's someone here that can do that, right? Yep. Then you got two. I think people are always told that something is worth, has some value, it's worth money. So it's yep. like, now they have time. Let's, let's try to contact the right people and see if it actually is. And then when they do that, they got to find somebody who can actually fix it or restore it. Or What's the percentage? Is it people that say, oh, I have something valuable? Or is it, hey, this was my grandfather's ex that toy that just means a lot to me. I'd like to see this come to life again. Or is it a combination of both? But I'm just 
Yeah. It's, it's, a, a, it's a combination of both. I get a lot of requests where it's, you know, what is this worth? If I were to sell it, how much could I sell it for? And it's like, you know, it's like the, it's like the I don't know question. You know, it's like, what, what kind of market are you going to bring it to? Is yeah. it going to be fixed or as it is? You know, I get lots of that too. But a lot of it, people are just curious. They, you know, this thing has been sitting there for generations. They don't know anything about it. They want to know, like, where, how old is it? Where it's from? Like, if I wanted to get it fixed, you know, how would I go about doing that? So they're coming to you not only as the repair, the hands-on refurbishing, but more tell me about the history of this. So has that been fun to kind of, I suppose a lot of research goes into that. It is, it's fun doing it. It's like you, you, you get into something and you, I mean, you're only an expert as far as the room that you're in. So you, you think you know a lot about something and you get involved in it a little bit deeper and you're like, wait a second, I don't know a thing yeah. about this. Yeah, you know? yeah. So, so yeah, there's a lot you have to kind of take a step back and admit that you got to, I got to dig into that a little bit before yeah. I can get the right answer. Yeah. So you do a little bit of people bringing items to you like we were talking about and then do you have, I'm assuming you have your shop and kind of inventory, but do you go around um, to auctions, searching, I mean, looking for things or what's that? Yeah, I go, I go to a lot of, a lot of auctions. I like the live, you know, I stayed at yeah. our auctions are a lot of fun. Just yeah. All the old people get together and people milling around and you get to see things and see how the, what they go for. And even if you don't buy it, you can see kind of what they, what the reaction was, what the excitement was, you know, how that kind of went over in their minds. But I um, so do a lot of that. I, I try to hit some garage sales too. If I, yeah. Last. I, mean, I don't like those as much, but the estate sales and the auctions are nice too. You get to you get to actually mingle with the buyers and the people selling, and you know you get the kind of a, your market's there. That's the yep. people that are doing that kind of stuff. So. Yeah. So those are fun, but I always pay attention online too. There's always stuff here and there. If I need something, I'll go after it and try to try to find it used. I'm looking for a certain part or something. Yeah. So do you accumulate stuff and just say, hey, this I have a vision. I can refurbish this. Mm-hmm. You, you know what you're looking for, right? Yep. At times. Yeah. I look for like kind of the, the bigger items, like the pedal tractors or the or the sleds or that, you know, really cool piece of furniture or the piece of, you know, home decor that might be really neat. I try to find those types of things. Yep. So they're always fun. Uh, and you mentioned you have, you're open one day a week at your shop. Yep. Is that right? So, but primarily it's online. You yep. get people all over the country shipping everywhere. Yep. Shipping communication. I got a Facebook page for right now. I'll probably put the website here pretty soon. But yeah, it's all, a lot of it's online, email, you know, social media and yep. stuff. But yeah, one day a week I'm open if somebody just wants to pop by and see the yep. process or drop something off or yep. you know, get a quote on something. But and your kids, I've watched you a little bit, your kids are readily involved or willing, willing and able helpers. That's got to be fun to, to stay home or t- yeah, to be involved with your kids in something versus going to work every day and coming home. And I mean, that initially that, that, was the, that was the whole mission. I mean, how do I find a way to, you know, not have to take my kids to the daycare and pay for that yeah. and not have to worry about school being closed or not. This way we can, I mean, my son's in school now full time for the most part. I don't have to worry about if there is school, if there's not school, you know, right now he's going to school, but if that doesn't happen, you know, it's not a big deal. It won't disrupt our family like it did six months ago. Yeah. You know, it's a totally different deal. So yeah, they're there every day, they're involved. They don't always like to be out there doing stuff, but I mean, they're, you know, they got a free reign of everything. Yeah. But I got the most toys in the kid. Yeah. It's like they got a whole toy shop, right? Yeah. Have you ever had the scenario where they've, be, had an attachment to a toy and you're selling it. You got to explain no. to them, hey, this is going away. <laughs> yeah, so what I've what I've done is I'll, I'll get a different toy. Yeah, I'll, I'll trade them. They'll, they'll keep that one. Yeah, I can imagine that be and get something they're attached to and yeah. that, that's got to be shipped off and the tears come. I bet it's it's not not a huge deal, but yeah, it's it's, it's kind of yeah. fun. for the most part. It's like whatever. I'll just keep that one for now. I'll sell it some other time. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, this makes it fun too. So what's, you've kind of gone through the, hey, I just need to get established, right? I need to make sure this is a viable business. What's kind of the next step or what's on the horizon for uh, your the, business? The Probably the biggest growth is going to be the shipping. So we need to, we're doing some shipping now and that's kind of where the, the future is going to be. So I got to get more involved in that and kind of get more of a streamlined process for that and get the kind of the bigger items planned for doing those. We're shipping smaller parts and that kind of stuff now, but eventually we're going to have to ship full size toys and trucks and whatever we find. So are you talking like crate, like building crates, yeah. that type yep. of thing? Yeah, that's, that's the, that's the future. Yeah. Uh, there was soon as being, you know, it's a small hobby kind of home-based business, something we can actually take into the future and make a real established brand. Yep. You know, have something that we could, you know, hand out generations and yep. turn into real business. So, yep. Uh, um, what about, and we, Devin and I were talking, obviously, um, your wife's well-versed in the social media. What, um, what are you guys doing? Give me some tidbits on getting exposure to get awareness because you said the phone's ringing people from all over the state. What are you guys doing to, to she's, I follow a lot of her tips, a lot of yeah. stuff she's telling me to do is to, to spend time doing this or that. I'll, you know, my, my probably biggest, biggest problem is I'll be able to, I can fix something, I'll create something, whatever, but then I'm not really good at showing how I do it and how, yeah. how it's done. In today's market, that's what people want. Yep. They want they want the, the tractor they, they wanted to have done, but they also want a video that shows how you did it. You yeah. Know, and I'm just I'm terrible at that. Kind of stuff. <laughs> so I've had to get better about getting the right equipment and the right tripods and that kind of stuff yeah. and doing those types of things to show what I'm doing. Well, it creates way. more personal, a little bit of your story yeah. and it absolutely does. And gets a little more of a connection, right? And that's what drives the whole brand of the business. It's, yep. It's I mean, I could sit in my garage and paint stuff all day long, but it's it's just not it's not there. There's no emotion behind it and no family or legacy or person behind the item. It's just a, you know, yeah. it's just another thing. So well, it made me think of, we have an agent in our office, um, Danielle, who hand makes fine leather purses or handbags. And she documents her videos. Each makes a, a very intimate experience for each purse, which I think yeah. just creates a higher level of not necessarily exposure, but an attraction to that. And it's more personable. And I think yeah. along your line of business, that goes a long ways as well too. We'll even look at like what snowboard companies are doing now, or even auto manufacturers. They're making more videos now at the plant or at the factory, or showing some of the, the, the more of the process and how they're doing it. You look what Ford did with some of their newer sports cars. They come out a couple of videos and stuff, just showing how the craftsmanship went into that, how the hell they did it. How they well, it's funny you brought that up because, and this is where I kind of get excited just learning about this. Is um, Christina in our office? This was probably a year ago. She said to me in regards to Apple products. And she was telling me that they have a, a whole department, and I don't know how many people, that their specific focus is creating an experience when you un, when you take the product out of the box. Yeah. And it was like that same week, my daughter got, we she'd saved for it and got an iWatch. And she, it was funny because I'm like, it just hit me in the head. She's like, this is my favorite part of the whole thing. She'd been saving for like a year, right? And she got it. And her favorite, she was most excited for taking it out of the box. Yep. And I just, it just hit me like a ton of bricks right in the face. It's like, it's the experience is as much of a draw as the actual yep. stinking watch, right? Yes. It's like an actual term now. The unboxing experience is something yes. executives sit around a boardroom and they like talk about how to yeah. that one piece of it is. It's great. For me, I'm like, I don't care about it. <laughs> There's a reason I bought the thing to serve a purpose to do something. That's why I got it. You know, but right, just, but it's what creates the draw or the demand to your, to your, product and service. So it's just interesting to just pay attention to things, little things like that, that as two guys, we have no interest in 
just yeah. rip open the box. You don't care about the un- right. unboxing yeah. of it, but it's significant. It's it's real. So yeah, if somebody calls me and they want me to do something, yeah, I can do that. Let me just show you how I did it. I, you know, that's yeah. that's the part where I struggle. Yeah, that's the part that's, that people want. Though you have to, we have to get better. At that. Yeah. So what's what's been your favorite? I don't want to just say toy, but re rehab refurbished. What's been your most memorable? That might be the most challenging thing, or tell me specifically, like what's been the one that sticks out in your mind that you've done that um, meant the most to you? Or yeah, probably probably the most recent one. I did a uh, I did a full restore on a on a tractor. I got I found one super cheap, and I thought it'd be a quick little one. I was gonna paint it a pink. toy tractor. Yeah, a toy tractor. Yep, a tractor. I was gonna paint it pink for my daughter because that's what she wanted to be a super easy one. I started taking that thing apart, and it was like had like everything was like broken crushed or like every problem you think you could possibly yeah. have with this tractor and it ended up just being a, a nightmare. I finally got it painted and then I I painted it too fast. So I was in a hurry to get it done and the clear coat wrinkled the whole entire thing. So I just stripped the whole thing off, repainted it. It was, a, it was like a $200 budget tractor. It ended up just being a nightmare. Yeah. I got it all done. My, my daughter jumped on it. And she just absolutely, absolutely loves, loves riding it around. So we're actually going to be donating that one to um, um, my wife worked with a, a breast cancer okay. charity a while back. So now, towards the middle of this month, we're going to be selling that one to, uh, we're trying to do an auction or something while we're going to yep. sell it. The proceeds will go to that organization to okay. you know, help uh, breast cancer research, breast Very cancer Very cool. Patient. So it was pink then, I'm uh, assuming. Yeah, yeah, the whole thing was pink. My dad freaked out. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Why are you turning by John Deere pink? Yeah. Oh, my mom was, she's, uh, she had the diagnosis of breast cancer about two okay. years ago. So now she's, uh, she's not totally over it, but she's out of the woods now and everything's, no. you know, she'll be just fine. But that organization actually donated um, some funds to help my parents pay some bills and stuff when they're in the middle of this. So very cool. To give back a little bit. Cool. So, so nightmare tractor. Hopefully, it'll go to a good cause. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> um, so vintage toys, obviously. What other things do you do? Um, like a lot of what comes to my mind is just like old antique soda machine. Do you do anything like yep. that? Or I haven't done. I'd like to get one of those. Somebody offered me a pinball machine. Too. Yeah, stuff like that. Um, that and I think soda machines would be a lot of fun. I know there's a lot of them out there. I don't know a lot about them, but it's like anything else. There's, there's a manual, there's a video, there's something somewhere that can yeah. tell you how to fix them. But, and but ultimately, like to, I'm assuming it's just the time to do, I mean, it's got to be yeah. a very intense. Yeah, it, it's the time. One, one thing I've discovered you have to have, I've got five different stations in my shop because you have to have that. You can't just work on one thing because you'll, and you can't put it away and bring it back out because you've got parts and pieces all over. So you have to have these different spots where you can, yeah. one's waiting for parts, one's waiting for paint, one's waiting for, I don't know, the brains to fix that one yet, you know, one's waiting for whatever. But, yeah. So it's kind of a different deal. But yeah. We, right now we're doing a lot of, a lot of wood projects too. What's really popular is like the, the, you can even take something new and make it look vintage or make it look a little older. So I've kind of learned some of the painting techniques to do that. Sure. Where you paint it one color and then you lightly sand it and then you actually chip it a little bit and then fill some holes in with the wax. Yep. And then repaint over that, and the wax actually falls out, and then it looks like this old, like vintage thing. So we're doing some of that stuff now too. I haven't totally got it figured out quite yet, but there's some cool pieces. So did you do there. a lot of these projects like as a kid growing up, or I mean, this isn't a skill set that you just flip a switch. And I mean, yeah. did you grow up like an industrial shop kid in school, or no, not not really. I grew up on a farm. Yeah. And then I spent you know four or five years doing construction work, working through college. So just yep. kind of worked on a dairy farm, working on a deer farm, just being around a lot of different types of mechanics and tools and stuff. So when I got, when I got to be an adult, I guess I just wanted to find ways to keep tinkering with stuff. I had a different job, I worked in mental health for 10 years and I worked in sales. So didn't, I carried a pen. That was pretty much it. Those 20 years I was working in that. So yeah. I always found ways to kind of tinker with stuff and play with stuff in my spare time. And, you know, yeah. kind of from there. 
and so it's always been an interest or a love. Yeah, I've always had just a natural curiosity, I think, for different things. Yep, yep. Um, switching gears a little bit, how first kind of thought of uh, connecting with you is I saw the article in the St. Cloud Times. That had to be exciting, or because this is a relatively new. Yeah. I'm just starting this out, but you the you mentioned earlier the community has been really supportive. Yeah. Or, um, so tell me a little bit about just that interview or how nice it was. Yeah, to it's, have. it's you know it's like anything else. It's just it's great. I've been in probably uh, probably two months in at that point, but only a couple of weeks I officially launched. So yeah, it was like two weeks in, and I'm already like I get this phone call, and she's like, yeah, I want to interview for this thing all times, and I'm like, do, do, I, do I pay you for the free advertising? Like, yeah, just like kind of out of the blue, and this did this story, and they sent out photographer, and did this you know really huge piece in the Times talking about what we were doing. The next next couple of weeks at my shop, every Thursday, I had, you know, people coming through. Just oh, I'm sure that had to be know. a great boost. So it didn't create a lot of like monetary business, but just the traffic, people asking questions and coming out and checking things out, and, yeah. you know, bringing stuff by. And like, what do you think about this? And I ended up buying a bunch of stuff that people brought by. They're saying, "Hey, we'd always had this. Would you make us an offer?" Do you get a lot of that? The there, there's a fair amount of that. Yeah. Yeah. It can it can be good and bad because at some point you got to you can't you got to stop buying. At some point you're gonna go broke. But right. At the same time, you don't want somebody to come out to your shop for the first time and say, hey, do you want to buy this? And then say no, and they got to walk away disappointed. That's their first experience. With right. So that's always kind of frustrating, too. So you kind of got to, you got to walk that line all the time. Yeah. But, but that, you can see a lot of different stuff. Though. You know, they bring stuff by. And stuff's been sitting in garages and basements for, you know, 30, 40, 50 years. And yeah. That's in my day. But that can, that can be a lot of fun. You know, it created a lot, a lot of traffic. And then, like, a week after that, some, some magazine from Melrose, like North Dakota Farm Toys, Really? I've never heard of. They came out with a story last week, you know, and put in their magazine too. So it's just, word just gets around. It's well, just so, so cool to see that, you and, know, people just, yeah, you know you're doing something right when you get that type of response from the community. And I think just be, you know, create, you've created a niche, for lack of a better phrase, and just go all in on, you know, I don't know if you want to be the farm toy guy or the, the restore guy, but if, I think, what you're alluding to is there is a demand out there and people yeah. will come to you if you're seen as the foremost vintage toy guy in central Minnesota or Minnesota or whatever your aspirations are. Right? Yeah. I think even, even from that is, you know, there's, if you need something welded, you can find somebody for that. If you need something fabricated, like those types of things are out there. But if you just have something you don't quite know what to do and just need it kind of painted or touched up or fixed, or this part doesn't quite work. There's not really for anything. You look at furniture, you look at tables, you look at toys, you look at, like the vending machines you were talking about, where do you go? You can find the parts on eBay, but how do you, where do you go to find somebody who's willing to, you know, tinker with it to figure it out? I mean, there's really yeah. isn't. Well, and I think like that. there's, and it will continue, just my opinion, as more and more people evolve from, you know, people in their 40s and 50s that kind of have some disposable income now to spend and want to, you know, everyone, when you start getting in your 40s and 50s, becomes a little nostalgic about your childhood in some regard, right? Right. And you alluded to whether it's taking what my childhood represented and now sharing that with my kids and toys are one way that that's done. So I think there's a very high demand that in the next you know few years would be great to take advantage of. Yeah, it'll be fun to see what we dig up. But I mean, it's pedal tracks of that generation. But for us, I mean, what's it going to be like old Disney toys, you know, it's stuff we had in the 90s. The, do know, you do anything with that? Like action figures, G.I. Joe? I haven't yet, but I'm not, I'm not opposed to it. Yeah. You know, if that comes my way, I wouldn't, wouldn't mind figuring some of that stuff out too. There's a lot of like Star Wars stuff out there. And 
Uh, my daughter had a couple lightsabers and ripped them apart and <laughs> out. So there's a spring in there or something with the with the sword yeah. that you know comes in and out. But it's kind of a neat deal. Yeah. Well, I, I can sense just the natural curiosity just on fixing things, right? And that's where it kind of stems from. And yeah. So it doesn't matter as much of what it is. It's just learning and yeah. being able to figure it out. Yeah, I had somebody drop off of one of them big old pink Cadillac Power Wheel toys. Yeah, we were we had a garage sale earlier in the store, so we were just, they just wanted us to give it away on the sale, and nobody wanted it, so I got pushed in the garage. And it, two months went by, it sat there, and finally we took the whole all the plastic off, and tore it apart, and put it back together, and threw a battery in it, and off it went. You know, so there's there's lots of stuff out there. You just somebody has to take the time just to take it apart, and you know, yep. that's where the tilt works. Yeah, you know? it'll take cool. it might take a fuse here or a wire there. Yeah, because you got to putz past that you know third, fourth, fifth frustration point, but yeah, that'll yeah. work. Well, it's cool for me to hear, you know, through what 2020 has brought in so many regards, but someone that, you know, I just get the vibe that you probably, if you would have gotten the nudge five years ago, maybe done this. And it's so how things have kind of evolved where half out of necessity, half out of it's now or never, um, and taking the, the ambition to do what you love if what you're doing isn't, isn't making you happy, right? Yeah. Unless it's all the above. I mean, you wake up one day and you, you realize that you know life's pretty good, but you're, you're pushing forty. And are you actually doing what you want to do? Yep. You know, like this is this is the time to figure it out. Your kids yep. are getting older. You know, if you're not doing exactly what, what you're meant to or what you want to do, what, what are we doing? Right. You know, it's it's just it's time to time to figure those things out. So. Very well said. I couldn't have said it better myself. Um, Josh, how if people are looking to get in touch with you, how do they reach out to you um, through your website, Facebook, phone number, what? Facebook's probably the best. Go to The Real Virtual Vintage on Facebook. My page will pop up. Shoot us a message. My phone number, address, email, everything's right on there. So I'll go to The Real Virtual Vintage. You'll find everything you need. Shoot me a message. Take a picture. Send me what you got. You know, nothing's off off the table. If it needs to be fixed or send it our way, we'll figure it out. Cool. Or we'll find a way to figure it out. Anything toy-related, needing rehab, or just questions on how does it work, what's the, what can I do? Um, Josh Moon, the real virtual vintage. Thanks, Josh, for coming in. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Hey, thank you so much for listening. It means a lot to us. If you really liked hearing the link, please subscribe below, and I look forward to you joining us next time.